Hello and welcome to episode four of the Carbon Neutral Lamp podcast. My name is Dara Wynn. And I'm Eleanor O'Brien. And we are back after taking a week's break from the episodes. We uploaded Claire Watson's full interview. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to that, it was great. It definitely, I needed to hear it, I think, again. I also needed to hear it again. It was, it were, we're going, we were at the halfway point now. And I think we've, we're finding that we have, there's a little bit of a dip. A bit of fatigue, I'd a say. A bit of fatigue, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So a lot's happened in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. We went tree planting in... Moyhill County Clare. Yeah, uh, we were down in Moyhill Community Farm, and that's probably a good place to start. I think so. Right at the start of Lent, we pledged 50 trees each to Moyhill Farm, and that's given us a ton, literally one ton of CO2 uh, to play around with for Lent. (laughs) Have fun with. So we went down, they have monthly tree planting days there, and we went down to see what it was all about, and... It was a lovely day, wasn't it? It was very, very nice. It was very interesting, guys. Any of you ever go there, trust Google Maps. There We, we were driving and um, Google Maps was, we were going on really, really rough roads, uphill, downhill. There was no signs. I uh, weren't sure. And Dara was driving and he held tight and we got there in the end, lads. And there was a few, There were, it wasn't just us there. There was a group of maybe about 20, 30 of us at the end of the day who travelled from far and wide to get there as well. And um, yeah, it was a lovely place. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant day. And it was a lovely initiative, really nice bunch of people uh, there from all different walks of life and great food at the end, yeah. Yeah, we got delicious food is what I want to talk about, um, which they had all their homemade like ketchup sauce and, and bread and burgers. It was really, really tasty, really, really nice. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Um, so we managed to catch up with Fergal uh, afterwards, so... Let's have a little listen to Fergal telling us about about the farm and about the tree planting. We're here at Moyhill Community Farm with Fergal Smith after a day of tree planting. So Fergal, do you want to just tell us a bit about the community farm and how you got started and what you're doing now? Okay, it uh, is a long story-ish, but I came from an organic vegetable farm up in Mayo and I loved it and I always knew I'd come back to it. But the one thing I disliked was doing it like the standalone farmer being on your own and all the work just being on your own shoulders. So we're doing almost the same thing as what my dad did in lots of ways. But the difference is we do it with lots of people. And yeah, I also feel like I have some sort of duty or, you know, skill that I can pass on to other people in my own generation that didn't grow up on farms and don't really have the understanding of how great it is to be outside in nature and work with the land. So, I've yeah, it was always the main difference with the way I farm here in comparison to how I grew up is that it's a community farm, so it's about having people involved in the garden, the tree planting, you know, whatever we're doing. Yeah. That's the big um, And can you talk us through the tree planting then that we did today? When did that start and why did you decide yeah. to go down that route? So even before any land um, here I used to buy you know I made a commitment when I had my daughter and before then I think I even started doing it yeah, before then but I kind of just wanted to plant you know a thousand trees a year at the least Yeah. so I used to buy the trees myself and then find somewhere to plant them and ask friends who had a piece of land or whatever and I did that a few times um, but uh, yeah a real interest in you know we all love trees I don't know anyone who doesn't like trees but how many people have planted lots of trees mm. it's like 
I don't know, it's not something very common that people do. So I really wanted to make it something that I did regularly, especially over the winter when there's a bit of time to do it. Yeah. So yeah, as soon as we bought the land, we've been planting trees Great. and we turned it into a tree charity. So people, if they either want to come plant the trees with us, great, and they can pay for that. Or if they can't make it, they can pay in and we'll plant them. Yeah. Um, so that's been growing each year. Yeah. And yeah, we're over 30,000 trees now, at least I'd say. And yeah, when this land gets planted here, so what the way we've been doing it is we do it once a month um, through the winter. And we have a big old crew and we plant two or 3,000 trees in a day. And yeah. I mean, we've to mine them for a few years, and but the ones that we planted three, some of them four years ago, are kind of off now. Right. Where can we see them from here? Yeah, there's some over here. There's some on the front here. I can show you. Um, but yeah, well, after then they're kind of off. Um, and then when this land's fully planted, I'd say we've another year of planting at least, or probably a couple of years, but another big year next year of planting trees. And most of the land that we want to plant will be planted. Right. And then the tree charity, which is called Home Tree, will look for other people's land to go and plant. Cool, okay. So okay. And then keep on planting every winter. And what we're trying to do is, like people would say, why don't we just get trees from the tree planting services that, that are there? And you get paid for it. Yeah. And the, there is native tree planting grants and everything. What we are trying to do here is trying to show farmers especially, or anyone with land, that how you can integrate trees into your land and not, what farmers would say, lose your land. You know, farmers are scared of planting up their best fields in trees and not having their, their land. So what, what we're trying to do is show farmers that you can plant 50, 60, 100,000 trees and still not lose any of your meadows or any of your fields just by integrating them into hedgerows, windbreaks, kind of alleyways. It's like agroforestry. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's kind of what we're trying to show farmers that trees can be of a, of a big asset to your farm, not a hindrance. Um, so it's kind of more of a tree planting example not just a block of trees like cause we we're planting all these trees but we're still using it as a farm like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your really yeah but the trees are helping the farm so it's trying to give a give trees a good name basically um, and what kind of I, I saw that a lot of sort of companies and stuff would now kind of have affiliations with you for yeah what kind of companies are there that are out there yeah um so it yeah it's companies who want to give back something really that's the main people who are donating people who want to um yeah offset some of the carbon footprints they're making with their company um so yeah we've loads loads of different people clothing companies wetsuit companies you know um yeah, it varies, and people and we're allowing people to create their own kind of system. Like some people do, every hundred euro they make, they plant a tree, or every product they sell, they plant a tree. So there's different ways people are doing it. Yeah, and you're kind of happy to accommodate whatever. Yeah, kind of we're kind of we're, we basically have a conversation with them all, but the deal is, is three euro a tree, is kind of the way it is. Yeah. And yeah, so it's done. Like most tree planting uh, charities would be more expensive, I think. Um, but we're doing it all on voluntary basis, like no one's being paid or anything. We're literally paying for the price of the tree and the price of the land where the tree's being planted. That's the way it works, how we do it. 
and, and it's great because like it doesn't really change our farm here we just do one tree planting a week or a month over the winter when things are quiet and you can plant thousands yeah, of trees yeah, it's yeah. not that it takes a good bit of organising a bit of working out where you want to put them but you know you've seen it today a few hours of a bunch of people yeah yeah you get a lot of trees in the ground yeah. didn't work at half as hard as we were no hoping. I was devastated now I couldn't <laughs> we could have done twice the amount of trees but it was great and it's nice that way because oh yeah you come, you come back yeah well it's just a nice relaxed feel yeah, as yeah, well yeah absolutely you know we would have often planted um, the same amount of trees but with a lot less people and it's a long day like. yeah yeah okay. so yeah yeah it was good and just somebody was saying that she, he, with the locals he kind of do this I don't know she, yeah well the trees is like is one little thing that we do really but the main uh, part of the farm is it's the CSA the community supported agriculture um, model that we have which is uh, basically a way of describing it is we have members who get a box a week for the growing season basically so they subscribe to the year and they pay up in advance or in a few installments for the year yeah. and we know who we're feeding how many and we plant for that and we feed them a box a week Great. and that's what we do and so it's vegetables that we've been doing and we're focused on and we were at 55 members last year hoping to get up to about 75 maybe even up to 100 this year yeah. in vegetables but then as things go forward it'll be like then adding in we've planted 300 apple trees last year Fabulous. so then you're adding the apples and then we're going to do strawberries and currants. We've had a lot of currants this year. Great. And then you can add in mushrooms and you can add in eggs. Hopefully you're starting chickens this year. Yeah. And, you know, you can keep layering more products that the farmer can produce over time. Great. So, yeah. But it's a CSA model. If you look it up, it's a really uh, nice way of basically the consumer becomes a member. So they're not a consumer anymore. They're like a part of the farm. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. farmer is basically just a part of the community who's... There's like a, a two-way commitment. We yeah. commit to you that we're going to feed you and they commit to us for the season. Yes, and yeah. it takes a lot of the risk and the capitalist model of trying to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like supporting community. Um, so yeah, that's what Brilliant. it's about. Great. Thanks a million for that. No Brilliant. Thank you. Oh, thanks for the day. Yeah, thanks for coming, lads. Um, that was Fergus Smith from Moyhill Community Farm there. And it was great. It was great chatting to him, wasn't it? It was lovely. It was really, really nice. It was really nice being in his environment. He was really, it, was re- it was a lovely day there. And it was so nice that he took the time out just to chat away to us. And so many good take-home points there. Like the bit about how for farmers it doesn't have to be trees or or farmland. That, that the way they're doing it, that hasn't really affected their farming at all. It's just added to it yeah which i thought was interesting as well that they're like oh it can benefit the farm that they kind of said it can be wind winch wind breaks um that they can make alleys to have just trees planted on alleyways or to they the land that we were working on was really marshy land so we were planting willows and alder to basically soak up all this moisture yeah and uh and i just liked it was such a simple point but about the fact that it's really easy to plant trees and we can all do more of it that is definitely one thing after Lent that I'm going to keep carry on. Keep and I think with. he said it was that he, when he had his first daughter, he said that he'd plant 1,000 trees a year. It was just a little thing that he marked for himself. And I think he said he's planted well over 1,000 trees a year now since that. Yeah, they've been doing the home tree for... Three years, I mean. And they've planted 30,000 trees. Yeah, which is amazing. So that was great. It was, uh, it was a brilliant day. Um, 
and it's yeah it was nice to get away from the numbers of our carbon footprint and actually just get out into the nature of it so thank you to fergal and everyone at moyle community farm uh it's a great great day altogether yep i'll definitely i definitely go back again yeah all right will we get back into the nitty-gritty of our carbon footprint yes and our lovely spreadsheets Ooh, those numbers are being clocked up yeah so this was a bad a bad week for me driving wise because we went to the farm Mm -hmm. and i was also up in in galway i haven't given you your share of the carbon for the drive out to clare yet we said we'd have it because you know i'm sound my total footprint is up to is up to just over 400 kg of co2 you have 600 left to get to a ton it's not actually as bad as i thought we're no. we're about we're about 25 days into lent as we're recording this so i've dropped to below 20 kg per day great that's but good. i am going to london next week so that'll boost those so that numbers will bring it right up again and uh and we're also going to be measuring our clothes, which we're going yes. to be talking about a little bit later. But most of it now at this stage, over half of my footprint is from is from driving, which is mad. Which is, well, good to learn as well, because I think when people are like, oh, cars are really bad for you. Well, now that you know that, oh, half your carbon footprint so far has come from the car. That's good to know. Yeah, 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 that is true. We decided after our last food episode that it was too difficult to measure the footprint of every individual thing that we ate because there's huge variety within food. Yeah. So, for example, strawberries, if you have them local and in season, a kg of strawberries would make 600 grams of CO2. Um, But if you get them off season and they've come from far away, then that could be 7.2 kgs of CO2 for one kilo of strawberries so that's like 12 times or more so there's huge variety um so we decided we were just going to go back and use the average daily figures because if we're going to be estimating anyways then let's estimate with the one that takes less work (laughs) um but then the other thing i realized this week is that those figures that we had are based on a 2000 calorie uh daily diet and uh my diet is probably much higher than that so i'm gonna have to go back and revise that maybe multiply it it up so that it's about three thousand calories so that's gonna that's gonna boost up the footprint as well boost up them numbers Um, it's funny though because how food is like you to consider like the food has it been transported how has it been transported oh has there been pesticides used in the farm hasn't there is it in season isn't in season and uh do you even eat the food when you buy it do you there's a lot of waste food yeah so yeah there's a lot yeah so waste food waste we only really touched on it last week Mm. if food waste was a country it would have the third highest emissions in the world it's uh it's huge Uh, and that is one thing i think that i've before lent that i was i've really been focusing on is that any food that i buy you don't waste it i do use it you use it and then the other thing around food that a couple of people contacted us about was the how high the footprint of rice was. Very um, interesting. Yeah. Yes. So just a bit of context is that because of the fertilizer used, rice has an extremely high footprint that it's about four kgs of CO2 for one kg of rice, um, which is higher than if you put a kg of petrol into your car and burn it, which is a bit mad. But it's still way lower than meat. Uh, yes, so that's just yes, one thing to point out just to to give a bit of scale to it but it is 
10 times better to have potatoes than rice than rice per kilo Ireland knew this uh, so uh, so it's about 400 grams of CO2 for a kilo of potatoes um, so yeah so well done potatoes somebody also did bring up me there throughout the week because I was telling about the organic farming and they said not all the world can't be organic and I just kind of said back to them no you're dead right but you know a lot of us could and we could do the other way as well and they kind of went yeah yeah i guess we could <laughs> what, what was their what was the reasoning behind that what was the reasoning behind we can't all go or did go they organic? mean there's not space for it to be organic i think it was they said it wasn't there wasn't enough space and mm. could you feed that many people being organic uh well i've heard that before actually and i suppose the counter argument is that um first of all i think there was an eu study done recently and i'll there was an EU study done recently that within the EU, if we all switched to organic, there would be enough room to there be enough land to feed everybody. Then the other thing to consider is that production takes up a huge amount of space. Yeah. So if we cut down that, there would be more space for organic farming. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of growing soy and all that kind of stuff to feed cattle, if we just ate the soy instead, then there'd be yes, way more room yeah. for that. And also the whole issue of food waste that if we cut out like i think 30 percent of food that's produced in the world is wasted so if we oh cut yeah. that out then there'd also be space so actually i i i that that yeah it's an interesting point um now that's the this study was for the eu yeah but worldwide um it would be the same and the problem is with conventional farming methods that if the soil has been exhausted then there's going to be less land to be farmed. So actually, long, long term, we can't keep going the way we're going with unsustainable practices because they're not sustainable. <laughs> and I I like to think of the word sustainable every now and then. Sustainable means, you know, if something's not sustainable, that means we can't carry on doing it. Yeah. Like, we, ca- it's not sustainable. <laughs> we can't do it forever. So... We have to look for another way. Yeah, so to say, oh, well, yeah, so we do have to look for another way. And uh, and organic farming definitely offers a big solution for a lot of stuff. Um, we can't keep eating the way that we eat. And we can't keep producing food and wasting food the way that we do. And all eat organically. Hmm. But if we sacrifice some of that stuff, then I would say that we could all eat organically. Hmm. And surely there is a link between, like, do you know the way people have become um, a bit more unhealthy or a bit more overweight in the past 30 years and have gotten mm. much more like health problems I'm sure it has it's it's obviously linked with food as well oh pro- so. yeah absolutely i think just the way that we i think that just the way that our diets have changed and how much processed food we all eat and sugary foods and sugary drinks and yeah yeah it's changed massively dramatically yeah yeah uh, and it's interesting because in Moy Hill Community Farm um, I went into their kitchen and I was just getting some water and she was frying up nettles and she made nettle pesto and it was delicious yeah. so I just think the food that was made organic or that was organically made that day it was so so nice yeah so that's just a little quick catch up on on food and that concludes part one of episode four we have decided because there's so much content and also because we're so behind with getting the episode out to split this episode into two parts so we'll be back with part two as soon as possible where we will be talking about fashion and discussing it with Geraldine and Taz from Sustainable Fashion Dublin as well as sharing some great news with all of you.
I threw away about five mushrooms the other day. Why, you ask? Because they were out of date by a week and you're the way like, I don't know. I don't know what the crack is with mushrooms. Mm. And then being in date, out of date. I didn't want to I didn't want to risk it. But it was bad on my part because I obviously just got a little bit taken away, bought a load of stuff and just forgot to use it. Oh well. <laughs> this is just me confessing. <laughs> It is Lent, you know. Let's get back to the let's get back to the guilt and the, <laughs> and the shaming. Yeah. Happy Lent, everybody. <laughs>